So I don't know if this says more about me or your child, mm-hmm. but I tried to pick that kid up, and I nope, it was not happening. <laughs> he's thick, <laughs> like you know, he's a little, he's a chubby little thing, like his like his papa, but there's some solid muscle in there, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> He is deceptive. Like I've I've picked up fat children before, and it's like oh, it's like picking up a big, big ball of butter or something. Nope, no, that's that kid. It's like a lumberjack. <laughs> it's true, but like in the winter. He, uh, I think I might have told this, but I'm gonna do it again. You know, like the big cement, uh, cement geese that people decorate and like put different clothes on and stuff. Sure, and sit outside it's the their Midwest house. people put stupid shit on their lawn. Uh, my mother-in-law had one. And two years ago, so when he was two, he picked it up and threw it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, but throw it is in, discarded it a right. foot away, and it broke the neck off. And that was when he was two. Hulk smash. So he, he, my wife will sit on a the picnic table, and he'll go over to, he can't do it right where she's standing, but he will try to tip her out of the picnic table on any of the other three sides. And the leverage is there with him, but yeah. still, he's four, and yeah. he's picking that up. The, That's crazy. Yeah, he uh, his super annoying thing that he loves to do is he'll get under the table and he'll put his shoulders against the kitchen table and then stand up, so the whole table will just like rock back and forth, and you have to try to keep it balanced while not just like shoving it down and breaking his spine. I liked the story that you told me what he did while I was in the bathroom. Yeah, so first we followed you up the steps, so the whole time he's giggling, going, butt crack, butt crack. I see Justin's butt crack. Uh, and then we're waiting for you in the restroom, and he was just running in circles and decided to punch me in the stomach, <laughs> just full forward. Fudge. Right, and then you immediately bend over, Urgh. and he just farts, like <laughs> playing that whole thing, little fucker. Smart and strong, that's a dangerous combination. It's uh, bad. Um... Do you do you ever compliment women? Like <laughs> particularly what? Uh, have you ever hit on a woman? Uh sure. Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, hold on. Let me step back. What about just like arbitrary compliments like about their physical Like would you ever just be like you're hot? I d- don't think I have the balls for that. Yeah. And all right. So I guess let me just dive into my story. Yeah. So at work, uh, I'm talking to a female at work that works for me. So you also have a degree of like oh, hierarchy okay. as well, right? It's a Monica situation. So I'm with her, and another guy that works there walks up, talks to us for a minute, and leaves. And he had just come out of the bathroom, and he was like all sweaty. Like, That's not good. So, like, I was worried about him, right? <laughs> so, I look at this female employee, and I said, he didn't look so good. Or, did he not look good? Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Those rhymes? Yes. <laughs> uh, to which her response is, thank you. <laughs> So, so I'm like, <laughs> so immediately I'm like having all of these things. Number one, she obviously didn't understand what I said. Right. Number two, she took whatever I said as a compliment, mm-hmm. and I said the word "look." So, 
And then I'm confused about what she thinks I could have said. What did, did she just think I said like you look you, good? You look good. Which is a super weird thing to say. Yeah. Especially from someone when there's a hierarchy situation going on. Mm-hmm. Hello, female that I employ. You look good. You, Leaving now. Bye bye. <laughs> so, so what? What is my? What do? All right. So, what do I respond with in that? Do I leave the compliment? Because what if it's not a good compliment and then I get sued? <laughs> Like, because it's all in how it's taken. Like, that's like what the law basically is, right? No. No. The law is, I mean, it's not in how it's taken, necessarily. If you said... It's not good for any employer if that is brought up. Sure. Especially if some th- if they legitimately think that yes. I said something. So, so, anyway, what is my response? What should it be? Uh, laugh and walk away. Okay. Okay. What I actually did was just rip that compliment away and made sure that I knew she did not look good. No, no, no. I said he doesn't look good. That's exactly. Also, you did not look good. I mean, unless you want me to say you look good, in which case that's exactly appropriately what I would tell you. Um, no, I was just like, oh no, I said he didn't look good, did he? He was kind of sweaty and... Okay, let's keep moving. <laughs> let's get some work done. Go file some things. <laughs> Go dust off that cabinet. So it was pretty awkward, man. Like, yeah. Because I, I didn't, if, if she did feel nice about herself, like, I didn't want to take it away, but. Yeah. Yeah. But that chunky kid's not going to stop eating, so I can <laughs> take care yeah. of number one first. And if, right. And if, yeah. You don't hear a lot of people getting sued for telling women they don't look nice, but you do the other way around. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, you know what? If you if you would just smile more, you'd be so much prettier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never been able to do, like, I always feel like it's creepy. And I think that's an example of, like, compliments. Mm-hmm. We're hitting on a woman. It's complimentary if they find you attractive. It's creepy if you're ugly. Yeah. That's the gauge i feel like the only time i've ever had confidence when talking to a woman is when i knew there was like zero chance like this was not this was not like this your was motor, not the situation like your motorboat you're in the middle of motorboating her and then you stop <laughs> and you're like you're pretty <laughs> so like uh my name is justin daniel it's not a very uncommon last name but usually you see more daniels or danielson or Mick Daniel is very popular as well. So it's weird when I meet another Daniel. I had a group of friends, and they had a friend. Hey, look, this is my friend who just happens to be a female. Her name is blah, 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 Daniel. And so literally this is the first time I'm meeting her, and I say, Hi, we should probably never fuck. Because <laughs> I thought that was funny, mm-hmm. and there was zero chance that anything was going to come of that. So, you know, I just throw a little incest humor in there <laughs> for funsies. That usually wins them over. Yeah. Uh, speaking of incest, I don't really have anything. I just... <laughs> <laughs> don't do that when I'm taking a drink, I asshole. Just, I just don't know <laughs> how many times in human history someone's actually said, speaking of incest, and then been able to continue the sentence. Ooh. Mm. Um... I got a bag for you. 
You're, see it. you're why the last man. Uh, so I'm ready to go whenever Thanks. you are. Um, I think you slightly misjudged the time frame on each of those, however. <laughs> so you're like, 20 minutes, you'll be in and out of those. Not 20 minutes, but... It was like I thought it would be five to ten minutes in a, a thing, and there is there are sixty issues, so mm-hmm. I figured five to ten hours. Okay. How long did it take you? Uh, probably five to ten hours. Okay. Yeah. But that's a big yeah. Anyway, uh, because I was gonna say like forty minutes instead of twenty minutes per. Yeah. But then you just <laughs> you just double <laughs> doubled your amount, so you took it away from me a little bit. You've been. That's what work- I do. You've been working on cows? Uh, I have. I'm uh, several chapters in. Cool. Uh, yeah, reading. Good. I, I will say this. Just from the beginning, I think I know why you like it. <laughs> and it's probably not why you... It's probably not why you want to think that you like it. Okay. Right. But we'll, you know, we'll talk little, about that. We'll sprinkle that in. Uh, so everybody start reading Why the Last Man and Cows right? by Matthew Stokoe. Uh, Cows is a real short novel. Why the Last Man uh, is a complete work. It's already done. It's been done for nigh on a decade now or more yeah. longer. Yep. 60 issues, real short. 10 volumes. Go to your local library. Pick them all up. Yep. Why the Matthew Last Man. Stoke. Stoko. Stoko for... Cows. For Cows, and Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra are writer and artist on Why the Last Man. Uh, comic books, obviously, it's very, very important for the artists. Like, arguably, they're just mm-hmm. as important, if not more important, than the writer. Yeah. But how are they credited? Are they credited like that? Like, if yeah. you look at it, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. Yeah, definitely. It's the who is the... <laughs> you know, nah. I was trying to go right on through there, but I could tell it was going to be a big one, so... Uh, <laughs> I have no but, small sneezes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's generally I can see, it's the, generally writer I can and see the spike on the fo- audio file where I sneezed <laughs> and I was like still twenty feet away. Uh, generally, it, when you're talking about it, you'll generally talk about writer and artist. Um, usually on the uh, on the actual comic books themselves, you'll see a third, maybe a fourth name. Uh, that's usually like the, the letterer, the letterer or the inker. So if they're particularly, maybe we should save this. But I'm thinking about it now. The letterer, why would yes. they deserve that much credit? Like it seems Be- because they are very, they have to marry right. So, you know, Brian K. Vaughn delivers a script to Pia Guerra. It has action and words. Piaguera has to draw out that, and some artists are very loose. Some some artists like Alan Moore is here is five hundred words on what goes into this one panel. <laughs> uh, but some artists are more like you, you made hey, yourself laugh at a clever joke that meant nothing. It to wasn't me. a joke. It, it's kind of ridiculous uh, the detail that he goes in, and that's why he is a legend in the business. Uh, but then. Some artists, or some writers will say, "Hey, on this page, this is kind of what happens. There's a flow of action. Just draw how you see fit." Uh, so the artist then has to transfer those words and actions into the art. But then the letterer has to marry the script with the art and find the best placement, 
and not only the best placement, but the the tone of the the narration boxes and the speech bubbles and things like that. That if you have a very serious comic, you wouldn't want more fanciful speech bubbles. But if your story is very fanciful, you can get more clever and more I, free with the speech bubbles and things like that. Having read officially 60 comic books now. Yes. <laughs> uh, 61 when you count the Ultimate Warrior comic book. Uh, I can say definitively that uh, I'm sure there are better and worse letterers. Mm-hmm. Least important part of the process. Throwing it out there now. It's uh, it's like the, the bass player, right? Yeah. <laughs> he is very important, but if you notice him... Then he then he's doing a bad job. That's probably true. And you could pick anyone else to yeah. <laughs> to put back in that spot. Yeah, take that, Chris Novoselic. Yeah, boom. What do you? What G Summit are you going to now? <laughs> Throwing rocks at? I don't know. He was there when there were protests. There were people who didn't throw a rock. I'm not. I didn't mean to <laughs> disparage the good name. To besmirch the name of Chris Novoselic. I'm going to sneeze again. Talk for a minute. This is me talking while you're sneezing. Oh, good. I'm going to... Nope, that didn't come. Okay. The sneezing never came. Really? Nailed that. <laughs> that filling time. Uh, Cujo? Cujo. Let me tell you... A I'm looking down at my notes. A synopsis? Before I even tell you a synopsis. Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm looking down at my notes, and... I will show you. <laughs> you have like two lines. That I have none. <laughs> okay. You want to know why? Because I always take my notes on my phone. Mm-hmm. But I had to watch the movie on my phone because I still don't have internet at my new place. <laughs> because for three days in a row, they said they were going to show up and they no call, no showed. Ouch. And it has been the most infuriating process. Uh, they make it hard to give you money or to give them money. Yeah. Like, like you have to fight them. You're like, please allow me to give you money. And it's, I don't even know who you're talking about. Cause it's all of them. <laughs> right. Because here's the thing. It's been super shitty, but all the people I've dealt with on the phone have been real pretty nice. And I feel like they're not set up for success in their job. So I'm not going to, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but you know, the, internet companies out there this is they they own the market on speed in this area like i can't i can't get faster cheaper internet from anyone else so they're who i have to go with being a software developer who works from home sometimes and you know does fun stuff like this podcast uh i i need speed so Tuesday, they said yeah, they were going to set it up for Tuesday between 1 to 5. They never show up. So, awesome. I've taken time out of my day, and now that's wasted. Uh, the next day, I call. And, and no say, cancellation, right? No. Okay, just no show. No show, no call, nothing. <clears throat> next day, I call, and I say, hey, nobody showed up yesterday. Uh, for listeners, no, I just bought a new home. They said after a half hour on the phone, hey, the previous people never disconnected their service. I'm going to call them, get it disconnected, 
They did. Everything was fine. We're going to get you there this afternoon from 1 to 5, somewhere in there. No call, no show again. After presumably leaving work early again? Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, I had my girlfriend stay there. So okay. I have to waste time at my job talking to them on the phone. And then I have to communicate with my girlfriend who then has to waste her time by being on the clock for four hours, whatever, uh, where she can't really get anything done. So then it's 4.55. It's very obvious they're not going to show up. So I call them again. I am on the phone for two fucking hours with them. It's, I'm li- reliving the memories. How can that even be possible? <laughs> like, it should just be, oh, you weren't there? I'll put a schedule in for somebody to get you there. Like, uh, I talked to a very nice gentleman named Trevor. Trevor, if you're out there, much love. I feel like you did me right, though I may later in the story say you kind of fucked me a little bit. But you, <laughs> you were nice, and if this you did the best you could. If Trevor didn't give you internet... <laughs> Then, then you don't owe him anything. It doesn't mean you need to disparage him and call him a piece of shit. Right. But he didn't come through if you... It, by the end of the day, it felt like he had. <laughs> so, apparently, whatever system they have, like the customer service people and the tech people, they just have to open up a chat window and wait in line to chat with the tech people. So, waiting in line to... to I'm on the phone. And so, he's you're just, on the phone... Yes. With uh, a customer service person who's Waiting. on hold to wait to talk to a tech person. Not to talk to you, to open so up a chat, chat window, okay. and I am mm-hmm. with this person. Why could? Why does he need to exist? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Because uh, he's the customer facing guy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so he got in contact with them eventually. They ran all these tests like, hey, why didn't it happen? Well... Maybe it needed this, blah, blah, blah. didn't need this. Turns out it needed this other thing, this MacGuffin that was necessary that they didn't have. So he was like, okay. Uh, they were like, call this number and tell them you need this MacGuffin. And so that's what he did. He called them, said, hey, I need the MacGuffin. And the lady on the other line was basically like, I can't add, I don't know how to add that MacGuffin to the order. There's nothing I can do. Let me call my supervisor. The supervisor was like, "Yeah, I don't know how she can add that MacGuffin to that to the <laughs> to the order." So he was like, "Look, you've been on the phone for over an hour and a half already. I, the you have two options. I can call back to that number and hopefully get somebody who is not completely incompetent, <laughs> or I can cancel your order and." Uh, put in a new order for you that says it has the MacGuffin attached to it and I will rush it for tomorrow. I said, whatever will get done faster. So he's like number two, definitely. And I was like, good. So he's going through, he's getting the uh, new order and everything. And he's like, okay, after, after being on the phone for two hours, they're usually it's a four hour window. This is like, they're going to be out there tomorrow. Anytime between eight and eight. It's a 12-hour window, but at least it's going to be there. They're going to be there between 8 and 8, and we'll call you a half hour before we get out there. Awesome. Hey, girlfriend. Now it's 12-hour window, but... (laughs) 
you know, you'll get a half hour heads up of when you need to put on pants. So cut to that day. And around 1030, I get a phone call saying, hey, we see that you have this order in. Let's get you on the schedule. And I was like, uh, that schedule better be for today because that's what I was told it would be. Nope, it's going to be Monday. Fuck that. No, it's not. Let me talk to somebody who I can say fuck that. No, it's not to and has the power to do something about it. So I didn't I didn't say fuck I know, that. I know, I know. I'm not that person. I did not scream. I did not yell. I was almost in tears because that was the only way I could express my anger without yelling. I've always thought that would be a male superpower. I mean, it works for females, but it's not very, doesn't happen very often in males that you could just cry on cue. I think I can, I used to be able to do it when I was like acting in front of the mirror more often. Mm -hmm. I feel like I may have just given away. Some of my masculinity right there. <laughs> I took drama class. <laughs> High school and college level. Okay. So you're so on the, the verge of crying. You're demanding to speak to a supervisor. I'd speak to the supervisor and then she's like, I'm talking to the tech people and they say they can't do anything. So I can't do anything. I'm like, well, fuck that. Let me talk to the tech people. Can't do that. Let me talk to your supervisor. Hey, guess what? To speak to their supervisor... They just put you on a list and they'll call you within 24 to 48 hours. I was like, okay. Uh, we'll schedule it for Monday. Let me talk and put in that uh, I want to speak to the supervisor. Guess who's gone 48 hours without a phone call? <laughs> Shocker. Ugh. It's like the suggestion box that just like goes straight into a garbage disposal. Yeah. I don't know why it wouldn't be a paper shredder. Yeah. It's a garbage disposal. Because <laughs> you're like, garbage, no way. It'd be better if it was destroyed. Disposal. <laughs> Fuck. Cujo. Uh, so hopefully Monday. Yeah, hopefully Monday. <laughs> okay, good luck. <laughs> you're holding your breath, I assume. <laughs> I'm waiting with bated breath. All right, synopsis for Cujo. Uh, uh, family is... In tatters, but then who cares about that? Because there's a rabid dog who wants to eat them, or at least two thirds of them. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Overall thoughts? Uh, I I really enjoyed it. It was, I thought it was good. It was a little slow. I feel like there's probably like an hour and a half, hour forty five minute cut out there that's probably better. How but long did you watch? What? How long was it? Two hours and 15 minutes. You must have watched a director's cut or something. I watched what was on Hulu. Weird. If you search Cujo on Wikipedia, it says it's two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. I didn't feel like it felt that long. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, the main plot doesn't start happening until an hour into the movie. Yeah, okay. I maybe... I guess I can't give that complaint because I didn't notice it was that long. But I don't remember it not being that long. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it wasn't that long. So I'm thinking about it. It was like... <laughs> I don't think it was that long. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, D. Wallace, her son from Who's the Boss? Yeah. Uh, and husband um, kind of uh, have some issues going on, right? 
she's cheating on him mm-hmm. with the tennis coach slash uh, furniture. I'm gonna be getting tennis coach. Uh, I let me let me finish my next sentence. Okay, okay. I'm going to be probably mixing. I read. I just read the book, and I'm probably going to be mixing things here. Okay. Uh, so I apologize. So you're going to have to tell me if I'm. I don't know if he was in the movie. He gets spanked by the husband. Okay. Tennis. So in the book, he's the tennis pro. Okay. That plays with the husband. Okay. Uh, and it's the other way around. Um. So it's acquaintance of the family, and she's banging him. This is an hour and thirty-two minutes. That, Wikipedia that, lied to me. That sounds way more <laughs> more accurate. It still seems slow. Um. And pretty pretty early in the movie, you see uh, the uh, professor, the serial man. the The dad is an advertising executive, mm-hmm. and he created the professor, uh, which is uh, a spokesperson for this brand of cereal, Sharp Cereal, which is a bad cereal name. Um, and that's the great thing uh, as I'm doing more Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that doesn't really translate to the movie is that like this the whole weird subplot in the movie that's pretty minor is like almost as big as the dog in the book is like i gotta know what's going on with this advertising company like Hmm. what is going on like so the whole idea is that there's i don't how do they phrase it in the in the movie what's what's the problem with the sharp cereal guy uh they thought kids were like bleeding and stuff but it's just red dye so that's exactly what it is in the book, but it's cool because in the book, all of a sudden you just have a chapter where like these people wake up across the country and their kids are just puking and shitting blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just like random person after random person just wakes up and their kids just vomiting blood all over. So you're like, what the hell? How does this have anything to do with Cujo? Is it actually blood? No, it's the food diet. Okay. But that's what they're thinking because you're in real time with yeah. those characters, right? But obviously they can't put that into this movie. Um, so that's something that's, that's cool. And I think the movie does a pretty good job of laying out all those. But the big thing is, is that it's such a bigger, you know, you can take your time in a book, um, to really go through those things. Um, so, uh, the wife cuts it off. Yes. With the furniture, uh, stripper, stripper slash. All he ever does. He strips a, a hobby horse. And he strips a table. After he stripped her wife. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She cuts him off. Uh, It doesn't go well. He doesn't think that that's a great idea. They should still sleep together. Yeah. Uh, Husband finds out right before he leaves to try to remedy this sharp cereal professor deal. Mm -hmm. He's about to go on a 10-day trip. Mm -hmm. Um, Simultaneously, the Campbells across town uh, have a dog, Cujo. Cambers. Cambers, I'm sorry. Uh, Cujo gets bit by a bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very, very beginning of the movie. The very beginning gets bit by a bat. Um, what did you think about this whole Camber family in the film? Uh, I, l- I thought you were supposed to like them, and then, you know, maybe that's the turn, is that the she you know the wife wins the lottery and then wants to to go see her sister and so then he's just gonna spend a week wasting the money on booze and hookers or whatever yep um and again i think they do a pretty good job of doing that but it's huge in the book like in the book 
You see her wrestling internally with how to convince him and, and all of this. Uh, also, that woman had the biggest jaw in the world. Okay. I don't know if you could see it on your phone. I couldn't see much on my phone. But wow. <laughs> when I'm used to sitting three feet in front of a 55-inch TV, <laughs> and then I'm lying in bed like with watching it on my phone. Okay. I, I, I totally... This will be the last movie I ever watch on my phone. Because... I it, it, movies do not deserve to be watched on a phone. That's I feel like you're doing injustice to the movie. There, I saw a thing with Quentin Tarantino and Howard Stern mm-hmm. talking about that, and obviously you know where Tarantino fell. Yeah, and uh, it was because Howard Stern was saying he would watch him on his iPad or whatever, and uh, Tarantino was saying like, "Don't watch." I think it was Django that was coming out, mm-hmm. and, and uh, of course Howard Stern was like, "Nope, I'm going to watch it on my like." What's the tiniest iPad or iPod na- like? iPod little, Nano, like the Nano. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like, "Fuck you!" Now I'm gonna watch <laughs> it on that. <laughs> he was just like, because obviously he wants everybody to see it on film. Yeah. Um. Tad is a super dumb name. Okay. Yeah. The kid's name is Tad. I liked that. Like you could call him like Tadpole. They called him Tatter, which was weird. Tatter, I thought that was a weird nickname. Tatter's, I like Tadpole. Nah. Uh, dumb name. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Could I, you- I did like the whole the monsters thing. That seemed very real, though, where uh, the, first, the first real Tad scene you get is him going through the closet and shutting that and then everything, and then preparing himself to turn off the light, like knowing that this this run and leap into the bed is happening. Yes. And so he finally hits it and runs and, you know, the director lengthens it and makes the bed giant and everything. And it looks great. This is the second film by this guy you've seen. Okay. So if you can go back through remake me history and think about what movie you would have watched that a producer would watch and be like, this guy is going to be able to stage dog attack scenes. You got any ideas? Dog what he directed? Attack scenes. This uh, is the director of Alligator. <laughs> You're laughing, but Alligator was good, and you said it was good. Yeah. But the, but think about it. If this guy. It's funny when you just say Alligator. You're like, director of Alligator. I'm like. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's good for what it is. Yeah. It's still Alligator. No, it no, it is, but but that's what I'm saying. For what it is, I think yeah. the producers looked at it and they're like, if he could do that with a fake alligator mm-hmm. and a real alligator that you can't train, if we can give him a few dogs that you can train, yeah, and a fake dog, and a guy in a suit, yep, and a little bit more money, mm-hmm. he'll be able to pull it off. Yeah. Um. I think my house is falling apart. Yeah, with it's kids definitely running across the. <laughs> I'm just like ignore it. They can't hear it, so don't need to comment on it. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. No, it's fine. Um, the before the dad leaves, because at this point I said he left to go solve the sharp cereal problem. He goes to pick up his son from school or from priest from day camp, camp. Day camp. 
he just basically abducts him. Like yeah. he checks in with no one. Yeah. Nobody gives him a thumb up. A no. Thumbs up. He but just, it's 1983, man. That's my. That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> like they just walk up and he just takes this kid and rolls out. Where's Ted? Uh. All right. Cool. <laughs> that's exactly. He shows up tomorrow. I guess we're cool. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh. So, when he remember the scene, hey, you remember? Uh. Where he first goes to that the auto shop. Yes. And the guy's like, put it over there. Uh, I was watching on my phone in bed with my girlfriend, who's from California. And she was like, oh my god. And grabbed her phone and started fiercely typing. I was like, "I what? Uh, apparently this was all filmed like in her hometown and around oh, that's the cool. area and stuff. Petaluma and Glen Ellen. I get excited so when I see reco- the- She recognized the beat up auto shop as still being there. That's cool. Yeah. I I get excited when I see somebody like using a phone that we used to have when I was little. <laughs> I'm like, we had that phone. That was that was the model of phone that we had at one point growing up. So I can get being excited about taking your car to that place. <laughs> I'll give that to her. <laughs> then again, we were watching uh, This Is Us, the season premiere. Which I hadn't seen the first season, but whatever. And she was like, I have that giraffe! And I was like, what? <laughs> There's a giraffe in the back of like a metal giraffe. Yeah. See, it's from Target. Yep. Okay, that's probably why they have it too. I feel her. I'm with you. Yeah. I appreciate that too. Uh, okay. So, then we get... So, Cujo's going downhill, right? Yeah. Fast. Uh, he, and... Something that happens in the book that I was very curious to rewatch the film to see how they do it. In the book, you're able to get into Cujo's head, right? Mm-hmm. So Cujo is pissed off because he's like, this is the person that's causing me to feel like shit. Like, I'm in pain right now. That's why I'm mad at you. And this book does a pretty good job of showing Cujo's not feeling good. Like, they show, like they're pounding on vehicles and stuff, and they're, like, zooming in on Cujo's head, and he whimpers or whatever, and he's uncomfortable. I think... Yeah, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what I said? You said book, but... I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, it does a good job of showing you, like, that Cujo is spiraling downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the scene in the fog where uh, Brett, I think is his name... Yes. ...goes out to see him, and he starts growling at him, mm-hmm. and he's like, Cujo, it's me, and then... Cujo like kind of is like doesn't know what to do and just disappears into the fog. Again. Yeah, but but you can see like it's conflicted. Like as good mm-hmm. as you could do a conflicted dog <laughs> yeah. on film, uh, I think that they pull it off. I think the biggest thing that I felt walking away, and I might be jumping to the end here with this film, is that for what could have been so dumb. I mean, look at Man's Best Friend. Yeah, it's the same idea. It's. He directed the shit out of this movie. Like this is a directed movie. Yeah, like it's I done really, really well. I really feel that way. Um, so th- they set up a long time before. Cars having problems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go take it to the Cambers. Right, and all the Cambers are gone now. Yes. Uh, well, the the kid and the mom, and then the main and his friend get killed by Cujo. So they're, they're out of yep. the picture. And I think pretty good dog attack scenes. Yeah. I mean, there's moments where it's not a real dog. There's moments when it is a real dog. There's obviously times when they're putting growling. That's what I loved about both of these movies mm-hmm. is that there's moments when you can see like it's just like a happy dog. <laughs> 
like in Man's Best Friend, especially, like it's just this like, happy dog running down the street, and they just put growling over the top of it, and yeah. like that dog is so friendly and happy right now, and they just put growling over it. Uh, another thing Marianne was doing while we were watching is reading all the IMDb trivia, and saying they would uh, for Cujo they tied the tails of the St. Bernard's oh, to their yeah. legs because they were because they were t- wagging and happy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But you see when he goes to attack the friend. They forgot to do it that time, and he's just super happy, super <laughs> wagging his tail. Like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to murder the fuck out of you. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's bacon. Um, yeah, so you, like, that was one that, and then he, here's my other question about that. They made this dog look really gross. Yeah. Like, really believably gross and, like, s- looked sweaty and dirty Looking like and more and more as it went on, and then they start going with the rabbit stuff all all over his face. And yeah, yeah, it looked real good. Um, okay, so mom and kid end up getting trapped in the car. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the, the the crux of the story, right? Right. More than halfway in. Um. So, so you're just trapped. You're trapped in this vehicle. You can't get out. Yeah. And. Cujo's attacking the car, mm-hmm. and it's scary, man. Yeah, like I when I first heard the premise of this, I was like, "Oh, how how is that a thing that can happen?" But no, it was totally believable and totally fucking like shit. What would a, what the fuck would I do in this situation? Yeah, like you like to think that you're. We talked about like the saw, right? Like yeah. you like to think like I could man up and I just stick my arm in his mouth mm-hmm. and then I would make my way to the door. Yeah. Just no. crawl through the you barbed would sit wire. Sit there it's like fine. a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what you would do. You would just sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pretty good acting from D. Wallace throughout this film. Yeah, like at one point she just like gets super mean to her kid. Right. It was that- the, it was ultimate like because she he kid is whining. I want daddy. I want daddy. And that's where the background really shows off. You know she. You know they're they're having a rough time, mm-hmm. uh, but she wants to make it work because he's so good with the kid. But then at that same time, like you're in this really frantic situation, and your heart just breaks because you're the one here with him, and he wants the other parent, and so she just and, and loses fo- it and yells at him. And you're 48 hours into being trapped in a car. Yeah, you know. Um, so like as a parent, that's like heartbreaking but it's real mm-hmm. and that's that's what would happen in real life man like you would lose your shit at some point and take yeah. it out the wrong way i'm glad we're in the basement because your house is falling down <laughs> the dog the dogs sound like they're just <laughs> running back and forth from every side of the house um your uh, dog greeted me at the door and this wasn't the the night that i thought that, that was a good idea <laughs> uh, like, i just watched cujo like two hours ago um so the Finally, the husband realizes, I can't get a hold of my family. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. In the between, uh, Steve, is that his name? I think so. The, I kept the, getting him and Roger mixed up. Roger was the partner. Whatever. The, the adulterer yeah. comes in, trashes the house. The stripper. The stripper trashes the house. So when husband shows up and he finds the house trashed, mm-hmm. Of course, he's going to put two and two together. Right. This is a huge, 
thing in the book where there's like this huge amount of time that they spend talking and wasting time no, while you as the reader know that she's in this car. Mm-hmm. But they're going through all of these scenarios trying to track this guy down because, of course, it's him. Right. In the book, he goes upstairs. He leaves a note and he says, like, I'm leaving something for you upstairs. And he goes and he jerks off on their bed ah. and he leaves leaves it laying there. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's even more of a reason to think that he did something. Right. Um, and again, they just have to condense it down into the hour and a half movie that felt like two and a quarter hours to you. I, I swear I read those two and a quarter <laughs> hours. So that's what I slotted in my day. So, uh, so that's something again that I think Stephen King does this great job. You ever have people that are bad at telling you a story, not like a movie, but just like people in everyday conversations, yes. usually they're female. <laughs> they're like, how was your day? And they say, well, first I woke up and I had a piece of toast and then I went to do this and then I went to. Are you making a Futurama reference right now? Yeah, I'm stealing that from somewhere. Was it was it Futurama? Yes. I knew I was stealing it from somewhere. Which Futurama will come into play? Her man's best friend. Boom. Nice. I guarantee it. So where was I going with? Anyway, I don't know. That was foreshadowing by my part. So people that don't know how to tell a story. They go through all of the entire backstory to le- tell you why it led up there. Right. And ultimately, you just want to know, why don't you have internet, sir? What can I do for you? Right. They don't want to hear that. The problem is generally they put too much detail into it. They focus on details that don't yes. matter. That's the cool thing about reading Stephen King is that you know every step of the way why it came to that point. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And a lot of the books... Sorry, a lot of the movies have a hard time putting that in, or you're like, why are they telling me this? Because you don't have an infinite amount of time to fit it in. And I think this does a pretty good job of being able to balance all those. Also, also books can be introspective, and movies rarely can pull that off. Yes, exactly. Um, so ultimately, they decide he decides he needs to go look at the cameras, correct? Right. However, she's gotten bit by Cujo at this point. Yeah, the, sher- the, sh- the sheriff or whatever showed up, was got killed. Yeah. She tried to get out and got bit. Mm-hmm. My favorite cinematic moment in this movie is that after she gets bit, the camera sits between her and Tad and starts going in a circle between the two of them. And it and starts going faster and faster. She's passing and out. And faster. Be- and you start to feel just as as off-center is as jarred as jilted as she does Mm -hmm. it's a way to convey that and i think it pulls it off completely man yeah um which really made me feel like that was another example of how he directed the shit out of this movie Mm -hmm. and Uh, i want to say stupid stupid name or not tad acted the fuck out of this like i know you know it's like a six-year-old or whatever but like when he was having seizures he did a pretty good job yeah and like when she's giving him cpr and everything and just the, the screaming and emotion like it didn't seem like a kid acting like he's screaming mm-hmm. it seemed like a kid who was in a really fucked up situation just fucking screaming because he doesn't know what else to do um we brushed over like the sheriff that shows up and gets killed mm-hmm. there was one bad shot that i didn't like it looked like kudo kujo bitch slapped a gun out of his hand okay like it literally looked like there was a paw on a stick that they were like <laughs> and knocked it out of his hand I didn't. I thought it just kind of came out in the tussle. Yeah, you were also watching it on a post-it note. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about where 
uh, he's on this like weird balance beam, and Cujo just kind of like low fives him, and he falls off. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Yeah. To him. Um. Uh, so she ends up shooting Cujo. No, no she not she yet. gets the bat. She gets the bat, and uh, well, yeah. This is fast forward to the very end. Kids had seizures. He's uh. She wakes up and he is barely breathing. Uh, and she realizes my kid is dying. I'm going to lose him if I don't do something. And she's willing to risk her life to get some help. And so she goes out, challenges Cujo, gets the bat, hits him a few good times. And then the bat breaks and Cujo attacks and gets impaled on the end of the bat what what if it hit him more in the lower down what would you say happened to him uh, he, would you say something happened to his stomach that he got a skewer in the belly <laughs> <laughs> hey the wind. okay so she ends up getting him inside uh, she gives him a tiny bit of water. Cujo jumps through the window. Yeah. She shoots him. Yeah. Dead. She also gives him CPR, but yeah. yeah. Dad shows up. End of movie. Kids yeah. alive. We deal with spoilers in this. Yeah. I'm going to spoil the book. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, you know, I'm going to spoil the book. I know what happens. Say? Yeah. Kid definitely dies in the book. Yeah. And the coolest part about that. That was a weird way to phrase that. <laughs> The coolest part about child murder. <laughs> uh, the coolest part about it is the way that it's done. Dad pulls up and she's just beating the shit out of Cujo with a baseball bat. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and gets Tad out of the car. And he's like, how long has he been dead? So you don't know as the reader. You're you've been seeing this through her eyes. Mm-hmm. So you're like, shit, have I been spending a day with this dead kid? Have I been spending two days with this? When did he die? At yeah. what point in this process? That's cool. And that's super cool because you don't, you don't know when it was. Mm-hmm. Like she checks him repeatedly. Is he still breathing? Yeah, I saw a breath or whatever, right? But then you have to realize she's an unreliable narrator. Right. And you don't know when that happened. Because she, she goes rabid, right? She gets rabies? Yeah, but even if she didn't, because it might have been... It rabies been fogs your, your brain yeah. up. Yep, but in the in the in the book too, like they're dealing with, um, with not having anything to drink and and the the heat, mm-hmm. which the they only touch on like once in here. Yeah, but but again, they're trying to push it into an hour and a half. So, but you spend fifty minutes on everything before Cujo. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, overall thoughts on Cujo. Again, I, I liked it. I think maybe my hour and a half, hour forty five minute cut thing was wrong. But, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen more time devoted to telling the story of that car scene, even mm-hmm. though I thought everything they did with the car and the dog was fantastic. I was nervous that there was more car from what I'd remembered, and I was worried that it was going to get tiresome, but I don't feel like it did. Um, and maybe that was the right decision. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he directed the shit out of it. Like, um, that's, that's like the... It was so way more cinematic than I thought a dog attack movie could be. Yeah. 
That was my big takeaway. Um, the last update on this was 2015, so I don't know where it is. Okay. But they're actually in the process of remaking Cujo. Okay. Which sounds like a cool idea. Sure. But then I wasn't so sure because this is a good thing. I'm not complaining about this. I think we've in 20 years, 25 years since this was made, we've came farther in what we expect of ourselves as human beings. You mean almost 35 years? Whatever the time frame was to take care of these dogs or animals, right, right? In film. So slathering them with whatever shit might not get away with it today, right? It was we, egg whites and sugar. Okay. Regardless, I don't know how much more IMDb trivia. Okay. I don't know how much we could get away with when we deal with animals, right? So I feel like there'd be some CGI or whatever, so that made me a little nervous. But they're going to go in a completely different direction. Because the new Cujo is not just called Cujo. It's called Cujo, which is C period, U period, J period, O period. And Cujo stands for Canine Unit Joint Operations. That's not a joke. They were remaking Cujo, titled Cujo, Canine Unit Joint Operations. You're fucking which, with me. Swear to God. Which basically sounds like fucking, doesn't that sound like man's best friend? Like You're fucking with me. I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> I'm not. I don't. Whatever I, happened to our reporters in the field? We need to get them <laughs> on, on in on this. Hasn't, there hasn't been anything said since 2015 because that was announced and everybody was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like they couldn't make a better acronym than canine unit joint operations. You don't need to make an acronym. You just need a fucking dog. Yes, that's what you're exactly right. But I'm that's how bad that is. Uh, so like as much as I want to see that train wreck, it's that's uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm. Um. I guess that might be my kind of movie. Yeah, I did. I did buy tickets to the midnight premiere of Battleship. So, I thought Battleship was better than everybody said. It, everybody gave it credit for. Here's what I will say about Battleship. Five minutes into the movie, somebody gets tasered for stealing a burrito. Fantastic. Uh, also, the way they integrated the game Battleship into the movie Battleship, clever and better done than I thought it ever could be. Mm-hmm. The movie Battleship is dumb. It's about aliens that look like battleships. So the battleship has to go destroy the battleship aliens. <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> what, what were but you I expecting? fucking loved it. What were you expecting? <laughs> um, so you've told me before that public humiliation isn't the way to go. To motivate you, I so I'm trying to figure out a way to do it, right? Like, like, a, like when I deal with my kids, I'm like, oh, how do I get them to do something? So I'm going to put this in you, put fate and destiny in your hands, okay? Okay. Usually I'm not prepped this far ahead, but I am now. So okay. w- when we meet for the next episode, for the next episode, uh-huh. you are going to have your fate in your hands. For if it's going to be a good episode after that, which would be what, 42? Or if it's going to be bad for you. Okay? So okay. what I'm asking for you is a page from our from our screenplay. So beside can, I, can me, I do it right now? Can I do it while we're talking I about have, man's best friend? What I have beside me is two envelopes. Those One. Are... <laughs> will be bad for you. 
He made an unhappy face using <laughs> markers on the Amazon logo. And nice. the other one. And that's a happy face with the Amazon logo. That's so nice. they're right here beside you. So it's up to you about how your future looks. You know and, I'm not going to get this done. And it's up to you. I'm trying to figure uh, out ways to motivate, okay? I got a house to I'm a leader. Do. I'm trying. I'm trying to motivate, okay? All right. I'm All trying right. to motivate. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right. Uh, man's best friend? Man's best friend. Synopsis. Uh, a reporter tries to get an expose on an animal testing facility mm-hmm. and takes in a dog, Max. Who turns out to be a killer dog. And Lance Hendrickson tries to track him down. A genetically engineered. Genetically engineered, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overall thoughts. <laughs> uh actually, yeah. Uh this was this is on the cusp of being a good bad movie. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like one or two more dumb things and solid gold like i would totally watch this again Mm -hmm. as is the best thing in the movie happens like 10 minutes before the end like the best dumb thing so it's a lot of waiting for like there's it really does good dumb things it really doesn't start for like an hour yeah it really doesn't um all right so we open with we open uh, with the opening of what I assume whatever dog cheers is the opening. Like, that was the opening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever whatever dogs made cheers, <laughs> that was the opening title <laughs> sequence right there. It's just a bunch of still images of dogs throughout history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's, our, uh, the two, there's two reporters, or a reporter woman and a camera woman, mm-hmm. sitting smoking. Everybody smokes every minute throughout this. That's how you know it's the early 90s. Yeah. Is it there's smoking constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the the reporter is wearing overalls in a movie and is not mentally challenged. So that's how you know it was like between 1992 and 1995. <laughs> like those were the years where why, you could wear overalls. Why you're bringing up the clothing. What was it in this time period that like Lance Henriksen is wearing like a 2X Everything he's wearing is like a 2X. Like, it's way too big for him the entire mm-hmm. movie. The opening, Hammer pants. The opening thing that she's wearing is way too big for her, too. Like, there was definitely a time when everybody... Like, Lance Hendrickson is a small dude, and he's at least wearing, like, an extra large everything. His shirt, his jacket is huge on him. The 90s was the era of baggy everything. Everything had to be, like, seven sizes too big. But it wasn't even, like... This isn't even cool people. Like this is no, just, that's just this everybody. is just what clothing was. That's just what clothing was. Ugh. Remember uh, chinos were the opposite of bell bottoms, where bell bottoms flared at the bottom. Chinos were like the same width of the bottom, but it went all the way up the leg. No, you were like swimming in your jeans. I don't remember that. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah, I didn't know that that's what they were called. Yeah, I thought that was like a vaguely racist term towards a Hispanic person. There is something like that, but I don't remember what it is, but I do remember having looked it up, and it has a very specific definition, but I don't remember what that word actually is. It might actually be Chino. I don't know. I don't know. 
Was that a racist thought process I just had? I don't know. Trying well, to recall I, I put, a racist I, word? I pose the question. Um, <laughs> Who's more racist? I need to know. <laughs> so the reporter bribes a scientist in this lab for $500. Mm-hmm. And this is a theme that happens in a lot of movies where journalists seem to have an awful lot of money to be bribing people. Well, it's the station generally gives it to them. Well, also, it's it's journalists and cops. Let's, yeah. Let's not be cops, but like detectives. Mm-hmm. They always have like 200 bucks to, to give an informant or something. Yeah. Even though they're like always living a shithole apartment. Well, it's because they spend all their money on. That's all they do is they're married to their work. Yeah. It's just alcoholism in a shitty apartment. Mm-hmm. Ex-wife. Yeah. Kid that they never see. Sorry, that's not this movie. That's every other 90s movie. <laughs> My bad. Um, so she they break in and they start seeing all these animals that have been having these experiments on. And I feel like the director heard what vivisection was and yeah. then immediately just went and wrote the script. Right. Because she's reading a book on vivisection and everybody, one of the guys, oh, is that the vivisection thing? Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then he recites exactly like the the textbook definition of it. Right, but he doesn't because it's the more like anti animal animal cruelty version of vivisection, which doesn't actually exist. Uh, they they snuck in because guys were taking out trash, which is just like hundreds of pounds of dead animals. Yeah, basically. that were in a plastic container with no liner. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even bother putting trash. And bags it was in. it went to a recycling company. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's all on the up and up. <laughs> it sounds legit. Also, she goes in a giant red door that says clearance required, but she can just turn the knob, so obviously clearance wasn't that required. <laughs> it's like, clearance required, please, maybe, I don't, it's my first day. So, they they end up going in, they, they see all these animals, uh, and they're recording this, presumably to make a report to show how bad this company is. Mm-hmm. And they come across Max. It's this big dog. He's got electronics hooked up to him. Yeah. Uh, she decides to open it up. She's going to record their intro. He's super loving dog. Um, Lance Hendrickson walks in and they have to make a run for it, right? Correct. Uh, so the dog ends up aiding their escape by knocking over a whole bunch of empty barrels that they just have standing there for some reason. Well, he like attacked Lance Hendrickson. Through the barrels, basically. <laughs> and Lance Hendrickson goes tumbling down the he stairs. T- he did the same move that Cujo did to knock over that cop. Yeah. He did the hind legs, jump up, and then just a shove. Yeah. It's like a little five to the barrels. Uh, barrels are the nemesis to a lot of evil villains. Mm-hmm. Just henchmen. On that note. Not evil villains, just henchmen, yeah. generally. But but Lance Hendrickson, like, right until the end, isn't even the bad guy. Is he? Like, there I was going to wait to the end, but, like... He gets electrocuted, and then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> like, was but he supposed to be the bad guy all along? Because to me, though. he was the guy trying to protect everybody. Yes, Exa- you're exactly right. Like he, like there wasn't. Oh, he's dead. Good thing. The, the end. There wasn't. Oh, there's a puppy. There's like, no. That's the end of the movie. There isn't an antagonist, really. Is it it's, Max? Because he's Max, like the misunderstood. But, then, but he's like the Frankenstein. He's like the misunderstood monster. Mm-hmm. And. It's not the public because they don't like throw a mob with pitchforks and shit. No, nobody knows exactly. Lance Henderson's the only one that knows this whole movie. Yeah, 
I don't understand. I don't know who we were supposed to be not rooting for. Like, you're kind of rooting for everybody. Like, you want Max to get captured, uh, but be safe. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay, so they they break in. Then Max runs out with them when they run out. He runs out separately, yeah, and then they just have, he happens to jump in the car. So he jumps in the car, and they're like, all right, we're going to keep this. Yeah. Keep this dog. How, what is their plan? Because. I don't, I don't think, I think the point is she doesn't have one. But, but they still keep pursuing this like they're going to air it. So all they would be doing is airing proof of breaking and entering and her stealing something. Yeah. But for the good of showing that this dog had electronics hooked up to him? Yeah. I mean, that's that kind of what a lot like of this is, is they don't, it's like, I'm not going to say like this is PETA, because PETA's, spoiler alert, a terrible organization, but like, they they cast themselves as the hero, even though they broke in and entered and let this million dollar, multi-million dollar dog escape. Yeah. And stole him. Yeah. So she takes him home, and her boyfriend that's supposed to be a jerk slash comedic relief, maybe? Yeah. Is like, you can't have this dog. Mm-hmm. But first, there is a parrot that yells curse words at him, mm-hmm. and I was watching a game with my girlfriend, and I said, I bet you that's Frank Welker. And she said, what? Who? And then I looked up on IMDb, and I was like, I, told you, I fucking told you that was Frank Welker, and she was like, I don't care. But you know what? I do care. <laughs> Frank Welker is fantastic. He's probably the best voice actor that maybe has ever lived. And uh, he's the voice of Nibbler on mm-hmm. Futurama. Okay. But most of what he does is animal work, right? So, like, he can do live a flock of geese just with his mouth. Like, not let's layer seven goose things on top of each other. Just do a flock of geese with his mouth. Like, he is insane. Um, okay, so he's obviously made a career of that. You hold him in high regard. Mm-hmm. You realize if that's, like, your thing that you pursue in your life, like, how quick that could have gone sour. So he's just, like, a crazy dude that is insane on the street with a bottle of liquor able to do a flock of geese from his mouth like you realize like the line there is super close and he just happened to fall on the right side of that sure i mean if the line from successful in your field to wino is that close then sure (laughs) i'll give you that uh okay so she rubs the dog on his belly and he gets super horny yeah, like, it was weird. That's the like, implication, right? Like the way he gets the way turned it was, on, the way it was cut together, it looked like she was giving it to that dog. So she gives him a hand job, not really, but Red it's rocket. like implied, right? Then she goes up to have sex with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and the dog's night vision. He's able to look through the peephole and gets jealous. Yeah, and this is a theme throughout the whole film that he's jealous of the boyfriend. Well, I think he had like hawk vision or something. Yeah. Something dumb. Yes. Uh, but, however, he's able to see in the dark. Which, by the way, on the cover, he's a robot dog. And yes. in the movie, he is not a robot dog. No. Genetically engineered. So the cover lied to me. So shocking. <laughs> but the cover did also say Ali Sheedy and Lance Hendrickson, so. 
They delivered on that. Um, so the next morning, the dog's outside, and the newspaper boy r- rolls by, who I really like this kid. Yeah. Uh, well, no. I I wanted Max to eat him. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, fuck that kid. But they legitimately like chucked a newspaper at a dog and hit him in the head like yeah. the dog was fine it's a big dog yeah but still it's a little jarring like there's no way to fake that they hit a dog with the newspaper but they dropped it very gingerly i know i'm just saying i love the idea that yeah. like there's a dog that was just like hey can we be friends i just got hit in the face with a newspaper that's what happened but most dogs would be like hey does that mean we're friends now <laughs> uh, but yeah then like that's the moment where you're like okay do I want Max to kill this paper boy or not? And he's like, <laughs> I hit that dog in the face. And I'm like, yep, kill him. <laughs> uh, the the dog ends up befriending the boy uh, and they take him on a walk. No. What? That's a totally separate. The paper boy is not Rudy. Oh, yeah. Good point. Rudy's who I like. <laughs> he attacks the paper boy and eats his bike. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that part. Then Rudy shows up, who I like. Yeah. That's who I was saying I like. Yeah, eat the paper boy. I like Rudy. <laughs> Rudy befriends him, uh, takes him for a walk. Which, by the way, this is the thing that happens in movies and TV show. They are a couple in a house, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, mm-hmm. who this neighborhood kid just shows up in their house and makes milkshakes. Yes, and they have some super weird close relationship Yeah, by just being in the neighborhood. In supposedly their parents are okay with this uh, their parents or don't are exist. totally not aware of this I don't, yeah it's weird the dad exists the dad's in the movie it's weird and the, their dog's in the movie uh okay so he takes him for a walk the uh cujo max ends up getting sicked on a cat yes and uh by the way rudy is the kid from the mighty ducks yes i couldn't figure out who i, I recognized him and i had to look it up yeah so by this point, we have learned from Lance Henriksen that Max has all kinds of different DNA inside of him, mm-hmm. uh, so he is able to climb a tree like a cheetah. Which we learned that when Max Henriksen said the name of the movie, and I went, yeah, he said the name of the movie! Except it was Lance Henriksen, not Max Henriksen. I said Lance. I said Max. Whatever. I don't think I did, but I'm going to go on for the sake of the podcast. You be the judge. Everybody's rewinding right now. Hold on, we'll give you a second. <laughs> Told you I was right. You don't have to give them a second to rewind because that's how time works. You go in the forward and they rewind. You don't have to give them time to rewind. Now they're fast forwarding. <laughs> so I have to listen to you talk. <laughs> uh, so about this time when I'm watching the same concept as Cujo, where you're watching like growling superimposed on a fake uh, mechanicalized animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a happy dog with growling. You're, you're watching these cut. Yeah. And I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder which film has a better director. Because <laughs> it was pretty apparent which one did. Uh, yeah, Cujo definitely. I don't know. I like the director's choice of taking a cat and pulling it through a rubber dog mask <laughs> as he swallowed it like a snake. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. He swallowed it like a snake. Um. So this I, this might have been the first I watched this. It came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. I have super super distinct memories of watching this movie when it came out new. Okay, on VHS with my entire family. And you are nine years old. I would have probably been ten because if it came out in '93, there was a big gap between. Okay. Uh, so my guess is I was ten. 
And we had a neighbor that lived beside us and she was, in my mind, she was the oldest person ever. She's like a hundred. In reality, she was probably in her sixties because mm-hmm. she's still alive. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she was probably in her sixties. And because she was so old, you know how in cartoons and stuff, how they'll be like uh, the witch or the pauper or mm-hmm. whatever. The pop? No, not the pauper. Whatever. The Aladdin was a pauper. So it's a riffraff. And this a woman rat. was so Better old that. that everybody in the neighborhood called her the Wheeze. The W E A S E or Z E. Never saw it in writing. I would think it would be W H E E Z E. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> it was the Wheeze. Gotcha. That's what everybody called her. Like the Wiz, but. And it wasn't black. until years later that I realized this woman's name was Louise. <laughs> I swear for probably until I was 12 or 13, I thought her name was The Wheeze. And it's Louise. So I love, I love your stories that sound like they're gonna they're gonna go a place and then there's the punchline is you're stupid <laughs> those are my favorite so <laughs> that and daddy's hurt so so the wheeze this is the only time that i think that this ever happened we we weren't perti- we, we were f- friendly-ish with her i guess mm-hmm. um but this is also the country so you're not like right on top of each other or anything right um she came over to watch this movie with us and I'm okay. well aware that you have uh, a couple in their 30s, my mom and dad, their three children, and their 60-something-year-old neighbor sit down to watch Man's Best Friend together. That's a, f- that's a fun household right there. And I remember my dad walking the wheeze home because <laughs> she was scared after watching this movie. <laughs> because it's, like, you remember where my parents lived? Yeah. Like, it's that house that's farther. There could farther, be seven dogs on her journey That's home. farther away because there's literally a cornfield in between. And mm-hmm. she walked over when it was light and she was like, it's dark. I don't want to walk home by myself. <laughs> so watching Man's Best Friend with the wheeze, my dad walked her home. That's great. Yeah. It's a good uh, story. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so Rudy has a dog. Yes. It is a female collie. And Max really wants to fuck that dog. There's a long time where they're like prepping to fuck. Mm-hmm. He chases her through the house. Right. She climbs up on the master bedroom. She seems very much not into it. I don't think so. She led him up there. She's she's. It's supposed to look like she's doesn't want any of this. Then she gets up in that bed and is like, "I was just playing hard to get." <laughs> okay. And, and he then, shuts the door behind him. And then you hear, like a collie howl. After, right. after they cut away. Yes. So this is the dog orgasm. Yes. And so that's when I wrote the line. Lassie came home. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. I was really proud of that one. Dog sex joke right there. Yep. Do dogs orgasm? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I would assume so. Because that's kind of the drive. The incentive. You do it because it feels good. Hmm. 
And that's how we pass on our genes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should have a biologist on and ask. <laughs> I do know a biologist. Uh okay, so the the boyfriend had had his brakes repaired and then he's driving down the road fighting with another dog. Like there's a dog for some reason in a vehicle. This woman's honking. It's just jarring. Like all of a sudden he just hates all dogs. All dogs don't like him. And the oh, whole yeah. po- the whole point of the scene is Max chewed his brake lines to try to kill the boyfriend, Mm -hmm. to which he is instantly convinced that he tried to do that and thus tries to poison Max. Well, he doesn't. He's not instantly convinced. He's like, looks like somebody, something gnawed on your brake lines. And he's like, I just had those replaced yesterday. And he pulls them out and it's obviously been mangled by some genetically altered teeth. (laughs) Uh, Around this time, Max also pees on a fire hydrant. Yeah, that's my next note. He pees acid. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like so far, and I think this is what you were saying. If they would do more uh, snake swallowing, more acid pee, more uh, Don't. tree climbing. Okay, yes. I would really enjoy this. Yes. But my favorite's yet to come. Yeah. Uh, so he decides he's going to kill him. Max figures it out and tries to attack him. Well, okay. So he brings home a big thing of beef and a big box of rat poison right mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he puts the beef in a bowl and then he picks up the box of rat poison and, and looks at the, the instructions <laughs> like it's gonna say one how to kill a large dog you need about this amount he does. just dump the rat poison in the meat and give it to the dog <laughs> the, the soundtrack to this movie confused me like they're trying to play it real i think but then it's like a it's like a a 70s comedy soundtrack like it's one step away from like the cartoon hammer hittings and things like that i feel like both movies had soundtrack problems okay because cujo i don't know the soundtrack was really bad but it would come in with the i feel like the wrong feeling at the wrong moment sometimes Mm -hmm. This one, yeah, it was, it was weird. It was, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Uh, she tries to take him to an acquaintance. Somehow she knows a guy that owns a junkyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's As the nicest. And he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, except he's not. No. So he hits Cuj- uh, Cujo. He hits Max with a shovel. Uh, Max decides that he's going to bite his crotch. Yeah, but he does. He executes on that plan quite nicely. But. We get some uh, face burn to Max. Yeah, Max gets like a settling torch to the face. Which is something else. I wish they could have gone more with him being torn apart or destroyed mm-hmm. or being more robotic or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, that's he, about he as bad like, as it gets. Get that fuzzy eye that's yeah. always weird and gross. Which I guess to do to a dog is probably not easy. Yeah. Unless they actually found a dog that had a bad eye. Maybe. Do you ever see that like you see somebody with like a milky eye? It just, it just, it's a little off-putting. Oh, we've talked about that, about how, like, I get scared that I'm going to get spontaneous <laughs> Tourette's and I'm just going to start screaming about their eye. Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, milky eye, milky eye. <laughs> uh, okay, so at this point, Cujo is, like, full-fledged. Max. Max is, like, full-fledged freaking out. Yeah. Because uh, the the whole Mac- the MacGuffin of this, the, the ticking clock in this is... He was injected with something that will like calm him, 
but it's it, it's wearing off. And so the bond between him and Ali Sheedy is going to break. So he makes his way home mm-hmm. to, to Ali Sheedy's Shidi. house, deals with the boyfriend again by peeing on his face. Yes. Oh, he killed a he killed a post or a mailman at some point he too. He kills a mailman and buries him. He kills because the that's a trope. Because that's a trope. The dogs don't like mailmen. Yeah. Uh, but he pees his acid mm-hmm. on boyfriend's face. Yeah. Kind of awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the the cops show up at this point and immediately just start start shooting at this dog. Shooting into the house with people in it. And not only that, but it seemed like there were cops, they were facing each other, and they were still shooting at the dog. (laughs) I'm not a hunter, but apparently, like, there's this hunting thing that you do, like, when you're hunting geese, where hunters start at opposite side of the fields and walk towards each other. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem safe to me. Well, they're pointing up. Still. I feel like anything that's in my general vicinity, like, regardless of the altitude that it's being fired, I don't want it pointed at me. Right, but if they walk away from each other, there's a... Well, I mean... Well, never mind. I don't know. I don't get hunting. I, I also don't, don't get why these cops just immediately start firing <laughs> at this dog. Because at this point, they don't... Fire they into the building where they know Alashidi is. But they also might know that they need to get that dog. But Lance Henriksen said, like, this is a super expensive thing. They would be on his side. But, but Fat Cop just said, I want to murder this dog. So that's what he's going to do. Except he gets eaten. Luckily, the, the dog catchers from 101 Dalmatians are here. <laughs> Our dog catchers are a real thing. They had to have been I was at some thinking point. that, too. They, they had, had to be. At some point, they had to have been. But I think now it's more just like all animal control in general. But yeah. the stereotype of like the, the dog catcher that just hates dogs and just loves their job so much that they can't wait to get a hold of another dog. I don't feel like they were evil. I just feel like they were... I don't know. I don't feel like they were evil. They were just... They didn't care about what they were doing. They just felt like they didn't need to be passionate about what they were doing. Yeah, they definitely were passionate. Uh, but they also got to see one of Max's other genetic cross uh, features. My absolute favorite is that he camouflages himself as random garage garbage. <laughs> like a mop and like a some, sprocket or something. Like some baseball equipment or some yeah. like sporting goods that he just camouflages himself as so they and, can't tell that it's him. And they're just like looking right at it and then it turns back into Max. Ugh. <laughs> That's swallowing the cat and the camouflage are like the bookends of this movie for me. That's where I first got on board and that was like the peak. The middle and Ends he, he does do whatever. an awesome jump over some cars, some cop cars. Yeah. Uh, through the aid of some very obvious CGI, yeah. he jumps over some cop cars. So that was. But he li- earlier in the thing, he, ju- he jumps over moving carts, and that was definitely the dog doing that. Oh yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was that's true. Probably the best dog stunt in the whole movie. Um, so he jumps over the cars. Lance Henriksen. Ends up laying on a cage. Right. So we didn't talk about boyfriend gets a puppy mm-hmm. because she took him to the, she took Max to the, uh, the junkyard. He feels bad. And only because the plot demands it, he's stupid enough to play with the dog with the cord. Mm-hmm. 
So he likes this, <laughs> and he shoves the cord in the dog's face. And I was like, who the fuck does that? Which I actually liked because I didn't remember that end. I actually liked because that is a super stupid thing to do. And then I got annoyed the fact that it needed to happen. <laughs> like, if it was just there and didn't have that end, yeah. I actually kind of would have liked it because it would have made the boyfriend super dumb. Yeah. Like, play with co- electrical cords, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes playing with electrical cords. Except in he's always ripping them out, but this one he, like, plugs it in. I don't know what he did because, so Lance Hendrickson is laying on a cage, which we didn't know was electrified. Well, what did happened we is she, she ran into some medical equipment and it kind of like exploded and was leaning up against the cage okay, with wires that. exposed. Okay. Uh, and then the dog decides to run over and plug it in or turn it on somehow. Yeah. And thus Lance Hendrickson gets electrocuted in three seconds right and then it stops that's and then it stops and thus our villain is vanquished i guess <laughs> i didn't dislike lance hendrickson no. like he might have been misguided he might have been a terrible person he was probably an evil scientist but they didn't show us that no nothing that he really did was overly wrong if you know like there was animal cruelty going on there but we kind of stopped talking about that immediately. Yes. So, so he could try to save people from dying. Yes. Like, you can not be the best dude, but not want people to die. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll agree with you on that. Sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Um, so this movie, not having seen it in uh, twenty-three years, didn't hold up to what I remembered as a ten-year-old. <laughs> Um, I think you're exactly right with what you said in that had they went a little more dumb, it would have been a lot more fun. Like I want to see him f- swim underwater. Like he has gills. Yeah, he's an amphibian or yeah, yes. gills or something. Like, yeah. If he, w- if they would have went more absurd, Just give him wings for no reason or something yes, that would Just have give been him more dumb animal things yeah, to do because it's not like they were taking it to, I guess, I don't know. They needed to lose. If if they hadn't done the camouflage thing, I would think that they were trying to be more grounded. But the camouflage thing is super ridiculous, and that makes you think about the tree climbing and the the cat swallowing. And the movie ends with the the dog with the, with it playing puppy love because they, yeah, they're, that was they like the theme song. Yeah, but that's a joke, right? You know, like. It can't be that. It can't really be a serious statement on vivisection and animal <laughs> cruelty, cruelty, <laughs> when they end with puppy love. Right, like that's a joke. Let's I, not forget the dog pees acid. They needed to take it a, a few more degrees, dumb. Yeah. Uh, and I really think that that could have been it feel, held it, in higher regard than it is. Yeah, it felt like somebody tried to make something serious, and then someone else came in and was like. This is kind of ridiculous. Let's just go full out it. Mm-hmm. And so the two movies got put together, maybe. I, I agree. Um, overall, Cujo or Man's Best Friend? I mean, Cujo's a good movie. Man's Best Friend was fun. But I'm not going to say it was fun enough to overtake I agree the completely. good Cujo movie. You know, Cujo, is a, is a, Cujo is a film. Yeah. Uh, and Man's Best Friend wasn't good enough to be a fun movie to, to watch with a whole bunch of people at least routinely i'm glad we did it once probably not gonna do an audio commentary uh, fun, fact it or that, not. fun fact that uh, i learned from my girlfriend from uh 
uh, the IMDb trivia is Stephen King was so wasted through his like complete alcohol uh, time period, mm-hmm. he doesn't remember writing Cujo at all. Yes, which is terrible but awesome it's 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 awesome because he lived through it and he can tell that story Mm -hmm. but he totally could have just died of alcohol poisoning (laughs) right when he finished the last word of that novel and then it would be terrible yeah um he just came out with a new book this week him and his son co-wrote a book oh cool yeah yeah Yeah. i know his his son has been going under a pseudonym because he didn't want to be like stephen king's son other son oh it's his other son Mm -hmm. oh okay and I think his first book he just wrote with his dad. So he's like, you're not going to take dad's name? I will. Yeah, I'm fuck gonna, I'll ride that train <laughs> all the way to Moneytown. Uh, I just read a book by him, too. His name's Joe Hill. Mm. It was okay. The, the big thing about Stephen King, that this is going to be minor, but he always says goose flesh. Like, instead of talking about goosebumps, mm-hmm. he says goose flesh. I've never heard anybody else but him do it. And literally one time, it had to have been conscious, Joe Hill did it in his book. He said goose flesh one time. He said goosebumps a couple other times, but he said goose flesh once, and I was like, that was on purpose. <laughs> um, we're changing things up a little bit for next week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a surprise for you. You do. So I don't know. We're switching roles. Mm-hmm. Justin was stoked about this. So for the first time, next step, uh, we're switching gears, and yeah. you're going to hand me something and tell me what we're watching. Uh, are you my mummy? Uh, it's a little boy wearing a gas mask. Um, Which right there, if you know what that is, it just fucking raised hairs on the back of your neck. No, but you don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, I told my wife this was happening today, and she was like, "You know, he's gonna make you watch like anime or something, right?" <laughs> and I was like, "God damn it!" I was kind of looking forward to this. Um, so the only thing that I think this. M- there's a movie called, uh, I don't remember what it is. It's got a red cover. Good Night Mommy, maybe? Is this Good Night Mommy? No. Okay. I got nothing. So you didn't tell me what it's called. Are you going to? No. Yes, I will. This is just a still. This is for the first time on Remake Me. We are not going to watch movies. Okay. We're going to be watching a TV show. We're watching a TV show. Okay. We are going to be watching Doctor Who. Okay. So is this an I... episode of Doctor Who? That is uh, an episode from The Ninth Doctor. Uh, it's a two-parter. The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. Uh, and it is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, so we have a selection of episodes. One from The Ninth Doctor. And then this one is from The Tenth Doctor. Okay, so the image that I'm seeing here is a, a statue of an angel very victorian roman looking angel that i think is a man uh pointing um there's tablets behind him that are i think they're tablets uh i see love the something narrow now uh and there's a tv monitor with uh what's that guy's name that's on saturday night live that i hate he was in the fucking hate that guy Bill Hader? Yes. It's got Bill Hader there on that the... That's not Bill Hader. I know it's not, but it looks like him. I hate Bill Hader. Uh, and then I've got another image. Holy shit, that's incredible. Okay, so what so I'm... So this is, this is the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith. Okay, this is actually... I'm. Oh, by the way, that episode was called Blink. Uh, if, you, if you are a Doctor Who fan, 
and you want to get someone else into Doctor Who, Blink is the one of the best episodes. So how many episodes are we watching? We're watching a total of four. Okay. Uh, a two-parter and then two single episodes. Okay. So this is the third episode that I'm looking at right now? This, this is, is an th- image? Well, yeah, it's, it's the fourth episode, but third story. Okay. Uh, and I'm looking at some incredible-looking marionettes or dolls uh, with tiny eyes, tiny, tiny features all around. Uh, and who I'm assuming is the doctor who, who is the 11th like, doctor, Matt Smith. Is he, is, so I've never seen doctor who I ima- imagine like quantum leap. Is that what doctor who is, is quantum leap? No, it's, it's in my head. That's what it is. Okay. Um, though I do love quantum leap. <laughs> um, I'm stoked to see whatever this is. I'm most excited about this thing. That man. episode is called night terrors. Those, so that's what we'll end, we'll end on those three are some of the best-looking dolls I've seen. Cool. Yeah, I'm stoked. All right. Uh, so so what do you think of, of my surprise here? Uh, I'm surprised, which is good, because like, I was trying to figure out what it could be. I was not going that route at all. So my theme is Dr. Whore. Whore. <laughs> <laughs> because, so Dr. Who uh, is a sci-fi show. Yes. Week to week, they do a lot of like kind of monster of the week kind of type episodes. Yeah. So I, I wanted to spotlight some of that. So get my some of my geekery and my nerdery on the show. So before we, you, you reference their different doctors, right? Right. I think I've asked you this before, but I didn't care enough to remember the answer. Um, is the doctor like James Bond that it's the same person, or are these different people within the series? Like, does the series acknowledge that these are different people? Or yes. are they supposed to be the same person? The series, both. Oh fuck! We'll get... I just ask a question that I don't want to know the answer to. I will explain it more on the next episode. Whether okay. it'll be more relevant. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch Doctor Who. Awesome! I never thought I'd say that sentence. Yay! Justin, what else you got for us? The kid should have died.